Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, October 27th, 2021. I'm one of your host, Blessing, Adioye Jr. Joining me is the LaCroix Poppy himself, Tim Ma Boyan Gettys. Bless, let's go. We just did a trailer reaction to Pixar's Lightyear. That was hype as hell. Go check that out, youtube.com slash kind of funny. Oh, very positive. Oh, oh, only yeah. positive. Yeah. So cool. So cool. I love how serious they're taking it. Was, was, was that something that was previously announced? Because I woke up this morning, saw the trailer, and I was like, holy shit, this looks awesome. And I watched the trailer. I was like, yeah, dude, like, I'm already getting, getting emotional for this movie that's not coming out, what, a year from now? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's coming out in June, not that far away. Yeah. Like, six months. Well, yeah, it's not right. You know, itchy math yeah. there. But uh, it was announced <laughs> uh, Disney Plus Day uh, last year okay okay yeah that looks, that looks tight i'm very much looking forward to it tim i haven't gotten to host with you since this n64 switch yeah. online thing dropped have you gotten a chance to check that out oh i've been playing the hell out of n64 games are you kidding me blessing star fox 64 just as good as the first day i played it yeah. what a video game man i've been telling y'all I, 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 I had that same that, that same experience of being like yo star fox 64 really holds up in a way i wasn't expecting because, like, to, to, to give a peek behind the curtain of my life and how I've played video games, you know, I'm, I'm heavy into the N64, obviously, as I've talked about many a time. Uh, Star Fox 64 is one of those few major N64 games that I didn't own, and I would play only a few times at, like, friends' houses, and we'd go through and we'd do a playthrough. But I never got as into Star Fox 64 as so many other uh, people who owned the N64 or are fans of the N64 did. And so going back into it, I was doing the stream on, on Monday on my personal channel, and I did like a poll of, hey, what game should I play? Like I'm playing Mario 64 right now for a few minutes, but what game should I hump, jump, into, jump into next, right? And I listed Star Fox. I listed, I think, like Mario Tennis, Mario Kart, and I expected Mario Kart was going to win. I didn't expect Star Fox would just take it by storm, but everybody wanted to see me play Star Fox. So I was like, all right. I'll do it. I'll play some Star Fox. Let's get into it. I'm kind of nervous because, like, you know, I'm probably going to suck at this game because I'm not played too much of it compared to all this other stuff. But we'll see. We'll, we'll see how this goes. And, Tim, like, 45 minutes into it, I couldn't believe how it. good that roll. I actually didn't beat it. I was, like, I was, like, a level away from beating it, but I was tired. <laughs> but I was, like, you know, I was surprised. I was, like, dude, this game, one, plays super well to this day, looks mm -hmm. really cool visually. It's, of course, this N64 game, so it's 64-bit. But regardless has really good art style and it's a really good presentation overall like the cinematic oh, yeah. presentation of that game is off the chain dude i i mean yes we we should talk way more about star oh, fox yeah. 64 at a, another time real quick though i need to bring this up because something happened uh many years ago that i just love mm -hmm. which is star fox assault uh which is a game oh, that came out on gamecube and it was one third the best Star Fox game ever and two thirds absolute trash uh, based on the different gameplay modes. But it did introduce us to uh, a new Nintendo thing, which was fully orchestral scores. It was the first Nintendo game to go fully orchestral, which is weird because you don't think of Star Fox as like the type of franchise that would uh, get that treatment. This is before Mario Odyssey, before yeah, Mario, yeah. Galaxy, Mario Galaxy, even all of that stuff. Um, but my favorite thing is Star Wolf theme theme has always been dope as fuck kev i just said this to assets if we could just play it for like 20 seconds in star fox assault they're like you know what fuck it let's make star wolf's theme sexy star wolf needs to make everybody just hot and wet oh, no. when they think about it so yeah oh, now we no. all need to have this moment so we can all question why did they go this hard i'm Are you kidding me? Uh, you can stop it, Kev. It's fucking 
hot, That's ridiculous. Dude. I was going to ask, I was like, is there, is there saxophone in it? And sure enough, man, like they went all in. That is that is fire, honestly. Yeah, dude, like, that's a fucking, it's a trumpet, actually. That It's yeah. uh, it's like a silenced trumpet that is fucking getting it, dude. But sexy getting brass, it. nonetheless. Sexy, sexy brass, brass baby. You gotta love that sexy brass. You know what else you gotta love? Video game news. Tim, let's talk about today's stories, which include a new Pikmin game, a uh, Nintendo Switch data mine, and more, because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash Games. Rooster com or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily remember you can use epic creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league and fortnite to help support the channel to be a part of the show to patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show housekeeping for you we're partnering with nvidia geforce to have andy play through marvel's guardians of the galaxy for the first time showing off all of that dlss and ray tracing goodness on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games uh after this show uh on tuesday wednesday and thursday what's today today's wednesday right I've today, lost, is, today is Wednesday. Yes, yeah, yes, I've lost Wednesday. all track of what day it is uh, this week. This week is going by at a at a, at a weird pace. Uh, but yeah, that's going on. Oh, I guess it started yesterday. It's continuing today and continuing mm -hmm. on tomorrow. So get hyped for that. Also, speaking of Guardians of the Galaxy, our Guardians of the Galaxy review is up right now as a kind of funny games cast that's featuring me, Tim, Snow, Michael, Michael, uh, and the momentary return of one, the only, Greg Miller. You can catch mm -hmm. that on YouTube.com slash kind of funny games and on podcast services around the globe. Uh, speaking of podcasts, our Spider-Man 2 in review rewatch is up right now featuring me and Anthony Carboni along with Tim, Nick, and Andy talking all about that second movie of the Sam Raimi trilogy and it's as ridiculous as you expected to be following up on the ridiculous Spider-Man 1 rewatch. It is uh, a long meaty episode with lots of goodness, lots of bits, lots of jokes, and, and the whole crew just tearing apart a movie that I think we all collectively really enjoy. And so, oh, yeah. Dude, yeah. it is some of the best content ever. Like, the, the Spider-Man 1 and 2 rewatch so far, and what I'm sure next week's Spider-Man 3 rewatch like, is going to be, wait. it is gold content yeah yeah and bringing on anthony carboni was the perfect decision for that one because anthony carboni let me tell you he he is into these movies mm -hmm. into these movies every, every single detail that we can possibly like comb through in these movies we get into and anthony has a comment i love it so much and so go check that out right now on youtube.com slash kind of funny and on podcast services and then more for podcasts a new episode of ps love you xoxo is up right now and it is janet and mine's predictions hopes and dreams for this week's playstation state of play of course that state of play is happening later today we will be live reacting right here on twitch.tv kind of funny games Holy yeah, crap, dude. that's awesome yeah that's happening in a few hours so like yes. get hyped for that do you have any last minute predictions no i'm actually i'm just excited this is one of those state of plays that i feel like kind of just like caught me off guard clearly even right now like i i'm ready for some some fun Hell yeah. Yeah, I'm ready for it, too. They already did announce that uh, there's going to be a deep dive into uh, Little Devil Inside, which we talked a lot about during that uh, PS Love You. And so go check that out that episode. You know, check it out before the state of play. But even if if uh, the state of play happens, you can still check it out because, one, you can make fun of us or laugh at the things we get wrong or right, which I already got the Little Devil Inside thing right. And so, hell yeah. Uh, but also, that's only the first half of the episode. The second half is, of course, diving into all the PlayStation updates that you know about, uh, the games we've been playing, all that good stuff. So go jump on that. 
And then one more thing for youtube.com slash kind of funny games. Barrett's Arkham series continues with a video all about Arkham Origins and whether that game still holds up. That video is up right now in the final episode all about Arkham Knight premieres this Sunday on Halloween at 2.30 p.m. Pacific time. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Praying C and Blackjack. Today, we're brought to you by DoorDash, DraftKings, and Liquid IV, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is, and forever will be, the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have eight stories today. A baker's dozen! Which eight is a very high number for uh, mm-hmm. for stories for me. Even though I listened to, was it Monday's episode where it you guys was. had 12 news stories? Uh-huh. Which you is- got them all? ridiculous you got them all which it was a it was a very active weekend and i'm proud of you even though one of those stories was the false story that for the Fortnite movie was going to have two sex scenes but i got you bless did get me it did get me (laughs) and i was very excited for it and i was like that was the one where i was like damn i wish i was on monday's games daily because i want to talk about it but then i went it was fake so i was like oh no good decision Tim, let's start this off by talking about a new Pikmin game, uh, mm. which is launching as we speak. I am pulling from uh, Mariella Moon at Engadget. Kevin, I have a trailer that you can pull up uh, in, the do- in the dock at the top of the news story uh, as I read through. Pokemon Go's creator has a new augmented reality mobile game, and this time it's all about Pikmin. Niantic is, ro- is now rolling out Pikmin Bloom worldwide, starting with Singapore and Australia, where it's already live. Similar to Pokemon Go, you'll have to go out and interact with the real world to enjoy the game. It's really more of a fun and colorful companion for daily walks or hikes, though since it does not have battles and doesn't have the incentive of catching rare uh, monsters like the Pokemon Go series does. In Pikmin Bloom, uh, you'll find seedlings when when you walk. Uh, in Pikmin Bloom, you'll find seedlings when you walk that you can pick. When you walk that you can pick up uh, and grow grow into plant-like creatures that will follow you around. The more you walk, the more Pikmin you can pluck, and the more Pikmin will follow you around. On screen, you're depicted as a me avatar with a bunch of creatures walking behind you and making more flowers bloom along your path. You'll also be able to collect items on your walks, including uh, clothes Pikmin can wear and fruit you can feed your creatures to make flowers bloom on their heads. Niantic CEO John Hank uh, said in the game's video announcement that the flowers that the Pikmin uh, make can be viewed by other players so you can create shared gardens with your neighbors. Pikmin Bloom is now live for Android and iOS in Singapore and Australia, and it'll be arriving in more countries and regions shortly. Tim, ma, fucking Gettys, what are your thoughts on this? I'm interested. Uh, my first thoughts on this last night when I saw it were to go to Twitter and try to see if Lakers head in the chat uh, has a Twitter so I can tweet it and be like, hey, you finally got your wish. More Pikmin. But is this how you wanted it? Uh, it's interesting because like Pikmin to me is always one of Nintendo's kind of if you were to tier their franchises, I would put Pikmin in the like C tier probably where mm. it's not the it's not D. It's definitely like the not the bottom tier of stuff, but it's not even high enough to like you know, even kind of be with the Star Foxes and, and whatnot. So uh, for them to go this hard into this style of game that so far has been for things like Pokemon, um, I think is a little bit interesting. And I don't know if it's like the best call, but at the same time, I don't know what other Nintendo franchises would work with with this type of game. Yeah. Yeah, and this is an interesting one because as I watch the trailer and as I read through what this game is, this sounds many times more boring and less interesting than Pokemon Go. Like Pokemon Go had the benefits of, oh, cool, I'm going through and I'm catching a bunch of different Pokemon. They're adding Pokemon as you go. You have that 
that childhood like uh like that that nostalgia but then also like that childhood magic of oh shit this is like i'm playing the game but in real life even from the first trailer of watching pokemon go that was super exciting you know i remember mm-hmm. the trailer where you uh, they had all the different landmarks and they had like the legendary battles and i, I remember that trailer ending with mewtwo and everybody doing this this cool raid where everybody tries to catch mewtwo and that was the coolest thing ever i think that sold every single person who had a remote interest in pokemon on that game and that led into what i remember fondly as the pokemon summer i believe this is 2016 where everybody was super into pokemon go and that took over our lives for at least a few weeks uh, and for many people a few months and years this doesn't strike me as anything remotely close to that and not that it has to be because we're talking about two very different tiers of brands as you put it tim like pokemon is definitely the a tier of pokemon is super popular pokemon uh uh, has releases very regularly pokemon has anime pokemon has merch pokemon has their own basically nintendo directs that they they throw themselves pokemon is on another level in terms of expectation and in terms of how you're getting people in whereas pikmin very much is a more lower key Nintendo franchise, not like the super low key Nintendo franchise, right? I think you put it right in that C tier, which is very, which is I think very appropriate for Pikmin. But I think that does lend me to the question of why? Why Pikmin? Why? Why are you going this route with Pikmin as opposed to just giving us the the next Pikmin game, which many people have, have been waiting for? Is this just part of we need to have some kind of Pikmin game to flow into Nintendo's mobile strategy, or is there something more there? Or like, is, is this something that you feel like you can really? make magical in the way that Pokemon Go ended up being magical. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the mobile factor is is very interesting too, where it is a different audience than uh, than consoles, than Nintendo gamers traditionally are on. And Nintendo has found major success uh, in its different mobile kind of endeavors uh, in the last couple of years. It, it's had a couple things that didn't work out too well, but uh, things like Fire Emblem Heroes, right? People are still playing that. It's making so much money. Pokemon Go still making so much money. And like a lot of that is collaboration with Niantic and Pokemon Company, et cetera, et cetera. But they have a proven moneymaker with Pokemon Go and with those systems. So like this is clearly them being like, hey, we have this system that works. Like let's apply it to something else. And I, I don't think that they would expect the same level of success, but I do think that they uh, have a good understanding of what they're going to get from a Pikmin game. So I'm interested in the experiment. And at the end of the day, like this th- is going to expose Pikmin to a, to many more people that aren't familiar. And I think that that's a good sign for what's ahead for Pikmin four when it eventually comes like one of the, longest running announced yeah. Nintendo games that we haven't heard about in One years at this point. Yeah. Uh, but I think that this, this bodes well for a sequel. And I think that it will help the sequel out a lot because these mobile gamers that are out there that aren't traditional gamers, a lot of them in the last two years have a switch now that they didn't have before. So I think that this is ultimately a good thing for both the Nintendo IP and for Niantic trying something different that isn't just Pokemon. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point. I think there's plenty of people who, play Pokemon Go or are super into Pokemon Go who, you know, this isn't necessarily going to pick them off of Pokemon Go, but this might be something that they are additionally interested in. If somebody is super into Pokemon Go and they're like, oh, I've been playing this game for four or five years at this point, and, you know, I'm still I'm still in it, but it's nice, to, it's nice to see that Niantic is putting out something else with a Nintendo property. Let me go check that out. Let me see what that's about, and that could feed into interest for Pikmin. I think that's a very good point. For, for you, is this something that you want to check out? And also, are no. you a big Pikmin person? Uh, I am not a big Pikmin person. I respect the games. They're very good. They're very high quality video games. But yeah, it's they're not necessarily my favorite thing. And I, I think it was just a time and place that it never at any time one of the Pikmin games released, I was always busy doing other things. So it never really grabbed me that way. 
Gotcha, gotcha. I part of me wants to check it out just to see like I don't know. I I I, I love Pokemon Go so much for the few weeks that I played Pokemon Go that it's it, it could be cool to have another reason to go outside and just like take walks and go on this app and do this thing but also i know realistically i'm probably not gonna check it out because i'm not i'm also not a pikmin person right like that doesn't automatically make me want to get into this if they did like a mario walking game oh my god sign me up i'm in there so, <laughs> let's yeah. keep talking about nintendo with story number two nintendo switch online data mine points to upcoming n64 games i'm pulling from tom phillips at Eurogamer. nintendo's n64 and mega drive switch online apps have been data mined revealing some solid hints at upcoming games, as well as how many are currently planned. Each console app contains a numbered list of games ordered alphabetically with gaps for upcoming titles. But some of these gaps are so small, it is obvious which game will alphabetically, alphabetically fill the space. This all tallies with Eurogamer's own knowledge of these apps' uh, development uh, and that these games are already planned out and simply waiting to be drip-fed into the service over time. More intriguingly, these Nintendo Switch online platforms are numbered, with N64 as number 3 and Mega Drive as number 5. NES and SNES were 1 and 2, respectively. Nintendo has spent a chunk of time prepping Game Boy games for Switch Virtual Console, something Eurogamer and others reported last month, which is likely where that current uh, gap for number 4 lies. Upcoming N64 games coming to the service look like they'll include Legend of Zelda, Majora's Mask, Mario Party, Super Smash Bros., and Wave Race. At least 38 N64 games are currently planned, plus 52 Mega Drive titles. Tim, does any of this surprise you? Uh, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. These are great numbers, though, and I'm very excited about it. Like, 38 N64 games, that's, I mean, are we going to miss out on any classics? Like, I think that at that point, it's going to be the licensed stuff that we're not going to get. And that's pretty much it. But 38 is a big number for a console that had a limited amount of video games on it to begin with. And so far, the list of the, of the games they've been putting out are the ones that we're, we want, right? Like, these are the, the, the big expected titles. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very, I'm very fascinated to see where this goes. Kevin had just pulled it up, uh, but it, th this news originally came from Mondo Omega, uh, who did the data mining. They tweeted out initial data mining from the N64 app is somewhat fruitful. Going by the game IDs, there's, there are at least 38 N64 titles planned for NSO. The list is alphabetical, so you can fill in some of the gaps already. 37 is Majora, 32 is Smash, 33 is Wave Race, and 14 through 16 is Mario Party, etc. And you can kind of like, you can kind of suss that out pretty easily, right? Because when you open up the graph, uh, like right there at like, uh, I can't see exactly what number that is, but right there you see Mario 64, or not Mario 64, Mario Kart 64, and then four spaces under it is Mario Tennis. And so naturally, Tim, because how of how limited the N64 library is, it is yeah. very easy to go. Oh yeah, those are the three Mario Party games, and you can kind of you can kind of uh, scope stuff out from there. Which I'm I'm super excited for this. You know, yesterday yesterday's episode was all about how much of a mess N64 Online was, and one of the things we mentioned was that $50 price point and the value of it and, and how expectations lie with that. Because for me, I find it so upsetting that the N64 online app is coming with so many issues from uh, not, not being able to remap controls, from the actual online portion of playing, playing games with people online being janky. And that's just something that's kind of predictable given the history of Nintendo Switch online. Uh, from like versions of games being weird, from the controller pack thing, there, like there are plenty of things to pick apart and go, why nintendo like why would you go this direction the thing that does uh, give me excitement for nintendo switch online with the n64 stuff is 
I did have a blast playing N64 Online two days ago um, and last night because I went back and I played way more Mario Kart because I try to go through and get the gold cup and all the different cups. And I got him in three out of four now uh, at 150 CC. I'm missing that second cup. And it's it, that I don't know what it is about. Um, uh, I forget the name of the actual raceway. Um, there, there's one track that is screwing me over and I can't get in the top four. To- Toad's Turnpike is what it is. Toad's Turnpike yeah. is fucking destroy me right now but regardless i'm having such a good time playing the sd4 games and as they continue to add games once we hit that number right like like you mentioned tim these are good numbers once we hit uh uh those numbers respectively for n64 and for the sega genesis stuff that is going to speak to more value right like 50 dollars, of course is 50 dollars, but that i i, I, guys, I personally I, is gonna pay i'm gonna pay a lot of money to play the like that amount of games on nc4 but it's, but it's like I, I just i am baffled by these these number conversations and how people are talking about it being 50 dollars for just this stuff it's like you're already spending a chunk of that for the uh, nintendo switch online that you already had so it's not 50 dollars. it's like no matter how you shake this like to me i see value in it for what we're actually getting for it it's not perfect there's a lot of weird nintendo decisions same shit that i've had issues with for the nes and snes why can't we button map why can't we turn off the the overlays on the the sides of getting all the weird bubble like things with the users and shit like shit's annoying like really annoying and i think that the controller remapping stuff is even more important for n64 because that the, that caused a lot of busted ass controller with a weird uh, control layout, right? And when you apply that to modern controllers like the Pro Controller, it gets wonky real fast. And we're seeing that. Like even things like Star Fox 64, where uh, the it's like the L2 button and the R1 button are as if they're left yeah. and right on a, a normal thing. It's like, that's just, it's weird. And it's like, you should be able to, to remap that. But uh, besides that, like the games we're getting now, I'm having a great time and i personally i can't speak for anybody else but i do the family plan so it gets down to just paying dollars to be able to play this stuff and that Mm. is absolutely worth it to me yeah it's the it's the tough thing of like i mentioned i i I made a whole thread on twitter about this right because i think like a lot of people a lot of people ask me like why are you paying for this (laughs) right and i think the thing for me is when i money means everything money means something different to everybody right and for me personally i look at what they're offering with n64 online i look at the other things on there too for the expansion pack and i'm like cool for me as somebody who really wants to play these games on my switch i'm down to put to put down the money for this and i'm doing i'm not doing the family fan i am doing the the Why not? Uh, singular person i don't have, Why a, family not? I don't have a family Plus, that wants to play you have friends you have a slack channel that at any moment you can just reach out to be like yo who's trying to get down on this it's literally just as That's easy as planning. asking no it's too much, not too much it organization. is so easy oh my god i can get you added on one anytime it's so simple bless and it's like that's the thing it's like i know not everybody has that but guess what a lot of people do a lot of people have friend networks and if you don't have a friend network guess what squad up let's make it happen yeah i guess i don't know man it's just too much work i don't i don't want to hit up my work like how is that going to work with like the cloud stuff do i have to like hit them up like am i able to to transfer the data from my switch to my other switch if you want to make it complicated you totally can okay but if you want to have a good time and spend less money to be able to play in 64 games you also can i'm part of a family plan with tim and yeah Mm -hmm. you can do all the stuff easy like i i just got a new switch transferred all my things everything mm. is everything is simple okay it's stupid okay. not to, to Here, here's the thing i'll look charles, into it charles jacobson in I, chat you, sings, you liar he's <laughs> saying tim calm a bit it's not for everybody i am i am cool i just think it's silly how much everybody is like losing their minds over some of these things and it's just like if you just applied that same energy to trying to save yourself money you'd be able to save yourself a lot of money and get all this stuff mm-hmm. the stuff still has issues 
there's a lot of things to criticize. That's Nintendo. That ain't yeah. going to change. But at the end My, of the day, I'm happy with what I'm getting for what I'm paying. Yeah. And I mean, I think a little bit of what you're speaking to right now is like how how this is going to differ from person to person. Uh, one of the things I mentioned in my one of the, one of the things that I got out of the thread I put on Twitter yesterday was Gary Witter responding and uh, telling me about how, hey, he has what I think he said, three people in his family that are playing Animal Crossing and he wants the DLC. And for him, the the family plan that he's doing and the DLC packs for all of his family members makes it more than worth it for him to do the expansion pack and like i i, I look at that i look at um the sega stuff i look at the n64 stuff and i go okay i i, I see a little bit where, where nintendo's vision is here with how they are bundling this thing i think that where this starts to break down is when i look at subscription services or platform stuff like this where it is about a library of games or a library of, of even movies right we talk about netflix or whatever a library of benefits I think the the place you want to hit with that as a company is we want to give people an embarrassment of riches. We want to give people so much that they are getting their value no matter where they fall. Because I'm the per- I'm a person that is going to play most of the N64 games that drop on the service. And so for me, I look at that and I'm like, that is valuable to me. I'm willing to, to spend the $50 on the single member plan so I can play most of these N64 games because I am somebody who's going to get all of that. Though, like, when you look at other services, like a, let's say a Netflix, right? Netflix doesn't put out movies thinking that people, thinking that, thinking that most of their audience is going to watch most of the movies on their service. They know that people are going to pick and choose what they want to do. I feel like for Nintendo, they put together the, the, the Nintendo Switch Online uh, uh, Pass, and they put together the expansion pack, thinking that their audience is going to do most, like, it's going to take use of most of the features on there, right? Or play most of the games or use the Animal Crossing thing. I'm somebody who doesn't play Animal Crossing. So that's really? a third of the expansion pack that but, doesn't matter to me. But, Bless, it does sound like Gary Witta has a family plan with only three slots taken. I don't know, man. I don't want to hit up Gary Witta when it comes to, Why like... Why not? A, you know, here's the thing. If you're not making I don't moves, you're standing man. still. That man, like, that man's man. busy. He has a new the child. Is, he He's writing movies. You, he won't let you bother him. He will just be like, uh, yeah, no, no thanks, and just never speak to you again. Easy. I, I couldn't imagine going to Gary Wood and being like, hey, you want me to Gary Wood, I'll text Writer, him. I'll writer him on you. First, Forspoken, writer of multiple Star Wars projects. <laughs> you got space in your family plan for me to hop, hop on so I can play NCT4? I mean, games? I'm just saying know, it's an easy invite to Thanksgiving. You're right there. You know what I mean? I like guess. It's, it's starting it all. I guess. I hope we get wave race. I'm I'm very I'm very excited for it. I guess the the yeah. stuff that they that they have here that is hey these seem like they're lock ins. I'm all in for. Uh, somebody asked me a few days ago what games I want to come to the service, and one of the first things I said was Super Smash Brothers for the N64, and it seems like that is a lock given the uh, this data mine. And so give it to me. I cannot wait to play uh, Smash 64. I cannot wait to play Wave Race. Uh, give me Diddy Kong Racing. Give me all the good stuff. Well, That's those if I remember correctly, those titles were already revealed, right? In the when they did the thing, they're like, and more coming soon. And we saw Banjo and we saw, uh, I'm pretty sure we saw Smash. I don't think Smash was on there. Kind of funny how comments last year wrong. Yeah, I, Banjo, I think Banjo it was. for sure was on there. Because I remember getting excited being like, oh my God, we're going to be able to play Smash 64 online. Kind of funny how comments last year. I know Paper yeah. Mario was on there. Um, but Smash either way. Not there. Hmm. Yeah. Either way, like I'm excited. I, th- I, I think we're looking at a pretty good future in terms of the games that are actually going to come there. Yeah. Uh, the sad thing is we're not going to get like the WWF games, which like yeah. things like that, those type of licensed things and like Golden Eye. It's like, ah, damn it. You know, yeah. like, that would be so Wayne freaking Dretzky's cool. Wayne Gretzky's 3D hockey. 
Exactly. Ken yeah, Griffey Jr.'s stuff. baseball. <laughs> the good stuff. Uh, Tim, let's talk about one more news story before we probably switch to ads. Story number three, Blizzard cancels online BlizzCon 2022. This is Mike Fahey at Kotaku. It's been a rocky couple of years for Blizzard's annual fan celebration, with the 2020 and 2021 shows canceled due to the ongoing COVID-19 epidemic. Now, as fallout continues from the California lawsuit over the studio's culture of abuse, discrimination, and harassment toward women, Blizzard has canceled the BlizzCon online event previously scheduled for February 2022. In a letter to the community posted today on Blizzard's website, the developer said that putting on a massive event like BlizzCon takes the time and energy of everyone at the company. Time and energy that Blizzard feels uh, at this time would be better put toward, quote, supporting our teams and progressing development of our games and experiences, end quote. The letter goes on to say that the company will be taking this year's downtime as an opportunity to reimagine what BlizzCon will look like in the future. Quote, the first BlizzCon was held 16 years ago, and so much has changed in the time since. Most notably, the multiple ways in which players and communities can come together and feel like they are part of something bigger. Whatever the event looks like in the future, we also need to ensure that it feels as safe, welcoming, and inclusive as possible, end quote. Blizzard concludes its letter. Uh, Blizzard concludes its letter to the community by assuring fans that the company will be will still will still be announcing games and updates, uh, just not in a convention setting. All things considered, that's probably for the best. Tim, I don't think this is this is much of a surprise. No, it's not. It's just a state of where we're at with all this stuff, right? So it's like, I I don't know. Like it, Blizzard and, and Activision as a whole, like I am really interested to see where they're going to be, uh, what this means for all the development of the games and stuff. Uh, BlizzCon traditionally has had major announcements and in a year leading into, you'd expect having a lot of Overwatch 2 conversation stuff, they're just not going to have that. So there's always other places that they can make announcements and stuff. So from that level, I think it's really interesting to look at. And then the other side is, yeah, here are the effects, things people are, are being heard loud and clear and it's working to an extent like this is affecting their their business in different ways so um hopefully that's a good sign of more things to change more things to come more uh, change to come as well like uh mccree being renamed and all that stuff it's like it's it's every one of these things is not gonna fix stuff but over time all of these things together loudly will change things yeah yeah it's a part of the state of where we're at and it's part of steps being taken and, and you hope that those steps uh, become meaningful steps, right? You hope that them canceling BlizzCon isn't like the, the, the skeptical way to put to look at this, or the pessimistic way to look at this is, of course, the canceling BlizzCon. Like, who wants to attend BlizzCon? That is only going to be more attention on them and attention that they don't want, which I think is a valid way to look at it. But oh, yeah. also, you do like you do hope that this is them, uh, like reading the tea leaves, looking around, and understanding that they are in a shitty place and they do need to take a step back and look at their organization and, and take the time to talk to people and figure out, like, how are we going to fix this and how do we remedy this and how do we make things better? And like you said, Tim, like, we've seen a lot of things that seem to be steps in the right direction. McCree being renamed to Cole, to Cole Cassidy, uh, again, is a step in the right right direction. Uh, and, yeah, like, I... I this is part of the ongoing conversations that we're going to continue to have and the ongoing saga of all this. And yeah, like I, I, I hope to see meaningful change continue to happen because again, like like we've talked about in the last, I guess, half year at this point, it's been such a, such a storm of shitty stuff coming out about Blizzard and Activision and all that stuff. So let's hope together. Yep. hundred percent. Tim. Before we transition to the next news story, I want to tell people about patreon.com slash kind of funny games where they can go to get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. 
This episode is brought to you by Liquid IV. Flu season is in full swing, and let me tell you, being properly hydrated makes a huge difference. That's why I use Liquid IV to stay hydrated and support a strong immune system with delicious flavors like watermelon, strawberry, and lemon lime. I've been using Liquid IV for years. I absolutely love it. It helps me stay hydrated when you're feeling a little hungover, or even if you just kind of feel a little groggy. This is the best way to get hydrated fast. Liquid IV uses cellular transport technology, which is a very fancy way of saying it contains the perfect balance of vitamins to help you hydrate quicker. Grab your favorite liquid IV flavors nationwide at Walmart, or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code KFGD at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you get better hydration today using the promo code KFGD at liquidiv.com. That's L-I-Q-U-I-D-I-V.com with the promo code KFGD. Next up, shout out to DoorDash. We're getting close to the holiday season and things are bound to get a little hectic soon. Why not give yourself one less thing to worry about? Get dinner covered with DoorDash. Along with the restaurants you love, you can now get groceries and other essentials delivered with DoorDash. You can get drinks, snacks, and other household items in under an hour. I love DoorDash. I've been using it for so long and it's just great to not have to worry about stuff, be able to order food and have it delivered just straight to me. Uh, a fun fact, one of my best friends uh, just had his baby shower last week and I decided a great gift would be get him a DoorDash gift card. For a limited time, you guys can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code GAMES2021. That's 25% off up to $10 value and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code GAMES2021. Don't forget that's code GAMES2021, G-A-M-E-S. 2021 for 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Subject to change, terms apply. And finally, shout out to DraftKings, the killer crossovers, the nothing but net jumpers, the tenacious throwdowns. Ladies and gentlemen, basketball is back. DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, is celebrating the return to the hardwood by giving new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's really exciting. Score big and you can score big cash. And with a free shot at millions of dollars, in total prizes, it's the perfect time to show off your basketball IQ. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code KFGD. This week, new customers can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. All you gotta do is enter promo code KFGD to get a free shot at millions in total prizes with your first deposit. That's code KFGD only at DraftKings. DraftKings. There's a minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Remember, promo code KFGD. Whoop. Story number four, Tim. Composer Shoji Maguro leaves Atlas. Uh, this is Sal Romano at Gamatsu. And this is one that breaks my heart a little bit, but the story itself isn't doom and gloom. Shoji Maguro has left the Atlas sound team work as a freelance composer the company has announced atlas will continue to develop new titles with maguro working as a freelance composer as well as support his endeavor to expand his efforts in the future shoji maguro joined atlas in 1995 and has composed countless soundtracks for atlas titles since uh including the shimigami tensei and persona series 
Kodansha Games Creator Lab, uh, an independent game developer support organization, also announced it'll support Meguro on the on the development of a new indie game to be announced on November 6th at Indie Live Expo 2021 Winter. According to Meguro's Twitter profile, it is a near-future science fiction stealth action slash role-playing game with gun-based combat. Gotta love those buzzwords. Meguro, under the pseudonym, pseudonym uh, Mega Rock, had been making Hell games, yeah. right? Mega Rock is such a cool name. Uh, had been making games using the Unreal Engine 4 uh, on his own for the past five years and applied for the Games Creator Lab Round 1 recruitment last summer, uh, or sorry, last September, and made it to the final interview. And although not selected as a Games Creator Lab Round 1 member, Kodansha supported Meguro with 500,000 yen in funding as a special prize. After subsequent communication, the organization decided to assi assign him a separate position from the Games Creator Lab Round 1 members. Meguro wrote in a letter, quote, Hello. I'm Shoji Meguro. I know this is quite sudden, but I, Shoji Meguro, resigned from Atlas at the end of September 2021. I've been creating role-playing games by myself during my spare time for the past five years now, and I applied for a round one Kodansha Games Creators Lab recruitment and was selected as one of the finalists. Then staff from Kodansha were assigned to work with me. I decided to leave Atlas and focus on my dream of developing indie games. However, I will continue to maintain a good relationship with Atlas. While focusing on my own indie game development, I will continue to work with Atlas on game music, so I hope that those of you who are, who are concerned about the sudden announcement will feel relieved. Lastly, I would like to thank Atlas and my family for accompanying me. For accompanying me. I would also like to thank Kodansha for giving me a chance to take on the challenge. I hope you will enjoy the music of Shoji Meguro as well as the games I am currently working on, end quote. And Tim, this is one that hits me hard because I'm such a, a fan of uh, Persona and the music is one of the most important aspects to Persona. And so Shoji Meguro has been working on Persona for what feels like forever might actually be forever. Uh, and so like losing him as like a core, like full-time composer on that breaks my heart a little bit. It's nice to hear that he's still going to be working to a freelance extent, but that makes me think that he's not going to be as involved as he has been, which to me is sad news, although good for him for chasing his dreams. Yeah, totally. I mean, it, it's an end of an era in a lot of ways, but you know, I, of course, being a big Nobu Matsu fan uh, from the, Final Fantasy days, like the early Final Fantasy days, it came to a point where he stopped being the lead composer for the games and instead kind of would show up and have key moments here and there um, every once in a while for different titles. And I think that that might be kind of what we see here. If I had to bet, I think that Persona 6 is still going to heavily feature his music. Uh, and I think it will still be based around that vibe and style. And I think that you're not going to lose as much as you expect to lose. Mm -hmm. I just don't think it'll be as pervasive in every inch of the the whole entire body of the game, but I think it'll still be the soul of the game. I really hope so, because uh, Persona, especially when you look at Persona, I, mean, I guess every Persona, right? But especially for the, the, the last three mainline, Persona 3, 4, and 5, music is such a core aspect to those games right like when you play persona 5 you have the 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 art style you have the 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 smoothness smoothness of the transitions you have the stylized ui you have the setting you have all these different elements artistically that feed together and music is so core to that right like shoji maguro as a composer isn't just like coming through and writing some songs and like it's not it's not the designer coming in and be like hey we need a rock song and him making a rock song right it's not like them coming in and be like and being like hey we need a theme for this character who's kind of a sad loner and him going okay cool let's do this it is him from the ground up with the rest of the team working on this and constructing something that 
feeds into what the tone of the overall game is going to be when when persona 5 is is um uh pitched as something that is hey the style of this game is going to be very like acid jazz and it's going to have like a lot of a lot of uh, of like free jazz instrumentals it's gonna have it's gonna uh feature like cool uh, uh pop vocals it's gonna have x y and z thing that feeds into the rest of the game that you know like that that ends up with you know the, the, the so much of the game taking place in a coffee shop that ends with uh so much of persona 5 right or one of the mechanics of persona, persona 5 royal being in a jazz club right when you go to the new city area right like so much of those games are constructed around the stylistic elements and a big part of that is the music and so yeah like i'm i'm i'm, I'm this doesn't spell doom and gloom of course like he's still working on it and I'm, I'm with you tim that i think he's still going to be pretty core to it but this does feel like the first step out right this sound this this feels like the hey this is me being uh being on my way from lead composer to um consultant to eventually uh, uh go moving on and doing his own thing which See, it's fair to him but that's one way to look at it me. the other way to look at it is these persona games they're not coming out annually so it's like this might just be giving him the room to spread his wings and go out and do these indie games that he wants and be able to create more while still totally being just as involved potentially in persona six, which is not coming next year. You know what I mean? Like uh, I, I think that this might just be giving him kind of a little bit more room to breathe and stretches uh, strengths and like learn some different stuff and uh, working on these indie games could be cool. Just like getting different soundtracks out there, you know? Yeah, yeah, and I love the I love the description of the indie game that he's working on because, as I read it, right, it is a near future science fiction stealth action role playing game, uh, with gun based combat. That sounds like a me ass game. <laughs> I'm down <laughs> to jump into that. I'm, I'm hyped to see what that is. And so, oh yeah, go get him, Shoji Maguro. Play, uh, 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 Tim. We have a bunch of PlayStation news that I put together in what I'm calling the PlayStation Mega Block of news. Mega so Block. The Mega Block of PlayStation news. Let's just jump in to story number five, which is Sackboy: A Big Adventure, maybe coming to Steam. This is Chris Scolian at Video Games Chronicle. A new listing on Steam's database appears to su suggest that Sackboy: A Big Adventure is coming to PC. This is a big like database episode, a lot of data mining going on. SteamDB logged the presence of a new product in the database, which goes by the codename Steel PC. However, the product's current information reference uh, to something called Marmalade Content, which it's believed is a reference to Sumo Digital's platformer. It was pointed out on Reddit that September's huge leak of unannounced games on NVIDIA's GeForce uh, Now streaming service included a reference to Project Marmalade, which the list also confirmed was Sackboy A Big Adventure. The game, which was critically well-received, has been a PlayStation exclusive to this point, releasing as both a PS5 launch title and a PS4 game. NVIDIA has played down September's data mine, which appeared to reveal a number of unannounced games in a blog, po uh, in a blog post and accompanying video posted at the time. Developer, de developer Igor July uh, documented how he was able to access the database for NVIDIA's streaming service and included a list of titles compiled by SteamDB uh, founder Pavel Jundik uh, featuring unannounced games like Final Fantasy IX uh, Remake, Bioshock RTX Remaster, Resident Evil 4 Remake, Halo 5 PC, Crisis 4, Half-Life 2 Remastered, Injustice 3, and more. Some of the games on the list have since been confirmed, including Grand Theft Auto Trilogy Remasters and a PC version of God of War. However, NVIDIA has since stated that while the list is real, it was used for only internal testing and that the games listed don't necessarily exist. 
what a fun thing to talk about, right? Like this is like kind of like video game rumor theory leak gold where it's like, here's this list of games. The list is real and we know that some of them are coming true, but not all of them are necessarily going to come to fruition. I kind of love it. I love that like these projects in some form at some point existed and I like that. Yeah, and, uh, and at the very least, NVIDIA for GeForce Now had them in their system for some reason, right? And, like, yeah. this is kind of a news story that is disguised as a different news story. Because the main news story here, right, the headline is Sackboy Big Adventure may be coming to Steam, which is cool. Love Sackboy Big Adventure. Everybody should go play that game. I love that they're continuing to support it. But the big news story here is, hey, another one another one is announced, right? That NVIDIA GeForce leak, he's coming true by the second in terms mm-hmm. of the GTA trilogy, uh, in terms of God of War PC, and now in terms of Little Big Planet coming to PC. Yeah. Uh, the Bioshock RTX remaster, like, that sounds so great. Like, just imagining all the water oh, with ray tracing. Go, come on. Oh, like, that, that, God. I really hope that that's real. Um, but, yeah, the Sackboy Big Adventure side of this, like, I think it's great. Like, I love how much uh, PlayStation titles are seeing being ported to PC. I want to see that continue. I want to see a lot of effort and mm-hmm. Sirens are in, by the way. Uh, yeah, Sirens are on I don't get to say that as often. Uh, exactly. Uh, but I love the idea of them putting a lot of love and care into these PC ports and kind Kind of like strengthening the playstation brand and uh to a whole entirely different audience uh and also allowing a lot of the core gamers to have an even better experience on pc if they choose and if they have the setup uh for so many of these you know amazing titles and even things like sackboy that isn't horizon and it isn't god of war but it's a damn good video game and i think yeah. that getting it in the hands of more people is really really special and cool so when you look at this list that we have here from uh, uh, this is VGC Video Games Chronicle, they mentioned uh, the unannounced games like Final Fantasy IX Remake, Bioshock RTX Remaster, Resident Evil 4 Remake, Halo 5 PC, Crisis 4, Half-Life 2 Remastered, Injustice 3. And the list goes on. But with those listed, Tim, do you believe that all of those are real at this point? Okay, let's go one by one. Final Fantasy IX mm-hmm. Remake. I think that that exists. What is that? I don't think it's a Final Fantasy VII remake type remake of mm-hmm. Nine. I do just think it's going to be more than the Final Fantasy VIII remaster, but way less than what we got for Seven remake. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do think we're going to get something we, Nine related. We have the the Netflix show coming out. Like, there's a, a Final Fantasy Nine. Is it Final Fantasy Nine Netflix show? Yeah. How did I miss this? What the a fuck? Cartoon. That's- that's that, that seems random, but I mean, cool. That's cool. But also in terms of Square and remakes, right? Like we've gotten so many different iterations of what Square views as remake. And so like we have the Final Fantasy VII game that is coming out for mobile and that constitutes as a remake, right? Like there are so many levels to what a remake could be that I'm with you that this isn't a Final Fantasy VII, VII style remake, uh, but maybe it could be a cool like chibi version of Final Fantasy IX or something that is something that's a more interesting stylized take on what final fantasy nine is might be wrong about the netflix part but they are doing an animated uh final okay. fantasy nine show but for some reason my gut tells me it's gonna end up on netflix um but yeah bioshock rtx remaster wouldn't be surprised that adds mm. up that makes a lot of sense resident evil 4 remake inevitable yeah uh halo 5 pc that is a weird one for me where it's been like requested for so long but at a certain point it's like do we need it? We have Infinite that, right around the corner. But that seems like one that was in development and we got closer and closer to Halo Infinite. And I wouldn't be surprised if they were like, actually, never mind. Like, let's hold this for maybe another time or not do it because we have Halo Infinite coming out right now. Yeah. And then uh Injustice 3 is another one that like I we'll see. I, I wouldn't be surprised either way if, so. if we see it or not. It I broke my cool. heart that it wasn't at DC fandom. I know. 
something at least. I just want another Nether Realm game. Oh yeah, it's about time. Like I, we're we're getting to that time now where it's like, hey man, spring. Like where where is that game, right? Like you, we want that goodness. We love you, Nether Realm. Where are you? Um, Half Life Two Remastered, I think, is a very interesting one. Which I don't I don't have an opinion on in terms of like if it's real or not. I I just think that'd be interesting to see released because I feel like that gives new hope to oh man they're at least thinking about Half Life over there. <laughs> like what does yeah. that look like? You know, are we gonna get? Is this gonna lead into Half Life Three, especially coming off of Alex? I think that with where technology is at now, like especially with things like ray tracing, I imagine that a lot of games from that era, like we're looking at the Resident Evil 4, Half-Life 2, Bioshock, like I think we're going to see a lot of games uh, getting what what we got so much of the last couple of gens of remaster, remaster, remaster. I do think we're about to get a new level. Of, like remaster is about to be redefined mm. uh, for what it means for modern yeah. gaming, right? For sure, for sure uh tim let's keep on with this playstation mega block of news story number six november's playstation plus games have been revealed early this is chris scolian at vgc november's playstation plus games have been revealed ahead of sony's official announcement according to user bill 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 coon uh on D-Labs, uh, who correctly leaked the PS Plus lineups for September and October. November's free titles will be Knockout City for PS5 and PS4, The Walking Dead, Saints and Sinners for PSVR, First Class Trouble for PS5 and PS4, and Kingdoms of Amalur Re-Reckoning for PS4. Sony confirmed earlier this month that November's PS Plus offering would include three PlayStation VR games to celebrate the platform's fifth anniversary. While one of these is The Walking Dead, Saints and Sinners, Bill Bilkun uh, says they're, they're leaving the other two as surprise and believes that they may be revealed uh, during the State of Play presentation taking place today. And so there's some slight State of Play spoilers for you, but this is like a decent month. That seems pretty good. Kingdoms of Amalur, uh, Re-Reckoning, really good one. Knockout City, honestly, is a fantastic one to have on PS Plus. And Walking Dead Saints and Sinners. You know what? This is a good month. I take it back. This is a really good month. Yeah, it is. Good list of games. Good list of games. Uh, and then let's continue on with the last of our PlayStation mega block of news. Story number seven, Apple Music launches on PS5 today. This is pulled directly from the PlayStation blog. For those of who, for those of you who love listening to music in addition to playing games, we're pleased to announce that Apple Music is launching on PS5, the first gaming console to introduce an integrated Apple Music experience, bringing their expansive music, music catalog to PS5 players globally. Starting today, PS5 users with an Apple Music subscription can enjoy more than 90 million songs from Apple Music, tens of thousands of curated playlists, music videos in 4K, Apple Music radio streaming today's hits, classics, and country live, and personalized playlists based on your music preferences. PS5 offers seamless integration with the Apple Music streaming service with background music and music video playback so players can listen before, during, or after their gameplay session. Tim, does this do anything for you? Uh, kind of. It, it's really interesting. Uh, Apple Music, I recently have been using a lot because they switched over to Lossless and they added Dolby Atmos support for a vast majority of new songs coming out and stuff. And while it definitely doesn't always improve the, the sound and a lot of times kind of comes off as awkward if the mix isn't done properly, when done right, it is a transformative audio experience and it is so dope and so cool and the quality is unlike anything I've ever heard before. Uh, but I don't know if the PlayStation 5 app is going to support everything I just talked about, because mm -hmm. a lot of the apps that uh, are a lot of places Apple Music is do not even have that. Like the fact that there's not a Windows app for Apple Music, it 
I just do not understand how is the fuck. Is there not? No. And that there's so much dumbass complications here. iTunes where, existed. How is there not an Apple Music well, app? Well, there's, there's, there's iTunes. You can do okay. iTunes. Uh, but you're not getting losses if you're listening on iTunes. Wow. Because iTunes doesn't support that. It's wow. such fucking nonsense. Uh, but I have, like, Apple Music on my iPhone. And I can't cast that to my Chromecast stuff because they want me to airplay. Mm. And it's like, this is some annoying app. Like, this, the ecosystems are so close to just playing nice together. But... That little that little bridge is just like, come on, guys. Let, let me just jump over. It but sounds anyways. it sounds like you you should come fully to the Android life and just embrace Spotify. Cause uh, as somebody who uses Spotify, this is something. I if you told me that Apple Music was already on PlayStation, I would be like, sure, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. Why wouldn't it well, be? I mean, Why is I, it just coming to PlayStation now? I do use Spotify. And I use Spotify mainly for for casting at this point. Uh, mm-hmm. But Spotify doesn't have lossless. Spotify doesn't have Atmos. Spotify doesn't have a lot of these features that sure, are becoming sure. standard. Uh, in the industry these days um i mean apple did it at no extra charge and like that's kind of the the big shift there so we'll see how this all kind of uh shakes out but i i like that at least there is an app that if at the very least to me gives me hope that there will be a windows app at some point god uh tim let's round out the roper report story number eight we got one more for the road super liminal that's right the puzzle game the first person puzzle game that i really like that it plays with like uh shifted perspective uh that game is adding a multiplayer battle royale this is from rachel fittis at dual shockers and kevin i have a trailer that you can pull up as i read through the fuck all right yeah <laughs> if the you enjoy I your enjoyed a lot yeah if yeah, we can play this together kevin this might be a, a fun stream if you enjoy your mind-bending puzzles with an added multiplayer mode super liminal's new update is catered just for you indie developer pillow castle has quite a lot to celebrate right now as they approach their first anniversary of super liminal launching on steam the highly acclaimed forced perspective puzzle game is also getting a pretty big update super liminal arrived on the steam platform almost two whole years ago and for those who aren't too sure what the heck this game is about it's essentially a single player puzzle title based on forced perspective and optical illusions puzzles in super liminal give players the sense of the unexpected and in turn they must change the perspective and think outside the box to wake up from the dream to mark the one-year release anniversary of, de- of developer pillow castle's force perspective puzzle game the gaming studio will be will be adding an all-new multiplayer mode for free on november 5th that will allow players to feel the joy and frustration of puzzle solving with friends in a series of frantic obstacles obstacle courses the experimental battle royale mode will be available through the holiday season now this is one that oh first of all this article and even in the press release they mentioned it being like the one year anniversary which confuses me because this game came out like two years ago which the article also mentions so i don't know what's up with that ignore it that's an article issue not me uh secondly tim Tim and kevin what the fuck like kevin especially as somebody who's played this game what the fuck (laughs) i mean watching watching this trailer too is this doesn't seem like something i that looks fleshed it's really weird (laughs) yeah like the other players are chess pieces it looks like and yeah, like you're solving these these perspective puzzles at the same time where people are <laughs> people <laughs> this looks so janky, dude. In in super liminal, right? Like the whole thing is you can go up to an object, hold it like up to your face and then like hold it up and then put it down, it'll be a different size based off of perspective. Yeah. You're seeing other people do that too in real time and it looks really janky in a way that I kind of want to check out with Kevin cuz this could be a fun time or it could be a terrible time. I don't no, know. Which. I I I don't I don't imagine this being fun, but like I am definitely down to try it, and like maybe at the end of the day, that's really all they're going for. And all maybe, right. all right, maybe. Good for them though. Congratulations on the anniversary, whether it's your first anniversary or second anniversary. I cannot tell based on multiple write-ups. The important things we're talking about them, you know. Exactly, Tim. 
yeah. I'm very excited for me and Kev to stream Super Liminal multiplayer on one of these kind of funny Twitch streams. But that's probably just, just so far away. If I wanted to come out to Mom and Drop Shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Do 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 yeah. yeah. Out today, we got Dadish or Dadish. I'm gonna say Dadish. I'm, I'm gonna assume Dadish. I'm gonna assume it's like the TV show Blackish, but with dads. Dadish mm -hmm. is coming out for Xbox One. <laughs> and then Dadish 2 is also coming out for Xbox One, the sequel to Dadish. Uh, Pumpkin Jack <laughs> is out today for PS5, Xbox Series X. The Legend of uh, Tiending uh, is coming out today for Switch and PC. Death Park 2 is coming out for Xbox One. Princess Loot Pixel again is coming out for Switch. Lucid Cycles for Switch. And then Tuhu Multi-Scroll Shooting is out now for Steam. Uh, going back real quick there, uh, Pumpkin Jack coming out today. Uh, it's the next-gen version on PS5, Xbox Series X and S. You're going to be doing a stream of yeah. that tomorrow. So Andy's going to play Guardians uh, from like 11 to 2. And then from 2 to 4, you and Barrett are going to be playing Pumpkin Jack. I watched the trailer. This Have you seen the trailer for this yet, I Wes? have seen the trailer. I'm very excited for this. It is so up your alley. I showed Cool Greg, and he like lost his mind. It is like the most made-for-Cool Greg game I have ever seen, where it's a its whole idea is a PS2-style platformer, but nowadays, and it's like Halloween-themed. Like You're this like pumpkin-headed dude, and it's like, this is awesome. And the trailer looks so like they're nailing the Jack and Daxter vibes yep, that... Yep. Uh, we all love so much. Yeah, super excited for that. That is the one stream that you don't want to miss because we might be bringing shenanigans to that one. And so that's happening right after uh, Andy and Mike's Guardians of the Galaxy stream to tomorrow, right? It's Thursday. It is tomorrow, yeah. God, how is Wednesday? Tomorrow is Thursday, yeah, yeah. It doesn't feel like a Wednesday for some reason to me. Uh, new days for you. Kung Fu Kickball kicks off December 2nd on consoles, PC, and Mac. Cool. And then deal of the day. This is from Wario64. Deathloop is 40 bucks right now. $39.99. You can get that on Amazon. Uh, Best Buy with the Steelbook. That's on GameStop. It's on the USPSN. Uh, and then on Steam, uh, you can get it for $31.71 at Gamer Gamers Gate uh, with the code Wario64. Uh, so get hyped for that. Gamers Gate. Uh, Gamers Gate. That is unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, what's going on? I'm not talking to you, phone. What are you, what are you doing? What are you doing? Bixby, calm down. That's the one. Oh, that's the one. To Android. Oh. Listen, no, that is the one downside to my Samsung, to my Samsung Galaxy. Is that Bixby. That with every phone. God, no, but. No, no, Bixby, I'm not talking to you. No. Bless, what? Like, you got to turn on. Have you ever used Bixby? Like, turn it off. I've never I've never used it once, and I don't you know, know how you to can, turn it off. Because do you have a Bixby button a on your Bixby? phone? It's Samsung's attempt at, like, an AI. Do you have the, a Bixby button on your phone? I do have the Bixby button, yeah. You can remap that to do, to do other doing? things. You can have it do other things that, well, like, aren't it didn't, useless. It, honestly, this didn't become a problem until whatever the latest firmware update was for my but phone. bless, you weren't using it. I wasn't I wasn't using it whatsoever, and I forgot it was there for, like, the two years that I've had this phone. And the latest update, for some great. reason, turned it on. Bixby, stop. Bixby, don't. Bad, Bixby. Bad, bad. It's been happening all the time. Now I'm going to turn it off. I'm going to turn it off, Kevin. Uh, now it's time to squad up. Joe writes in with a squad up on PS5 and says, I'm looking for some best friends to squad up uh, with in Avengers, Fallout 76, uh, Deathloop, and overall, just branch out into the larger best friend community. If you want to play with Joe, uh, you can add Joe on PSN with the username Vlad underscore Filanov. 
That is Vlad, V-L-A-D underscore Filanov, F-I-L-A-N-O-V. Go play some video games. Uh, now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. That's where you write in list of what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can correct it for those watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames and on podcast services around the globe. I can't tell Kebabs is fucking with me. Uh, I can't. I'm going to read it because it's funny, but I feel like Kebabs is fucking with me. Kebabs writes in and says, the dots on the side of Nintendo Switch's virtual console games are called <laughs> ben Day dots after Benjamin H- Henry Day Jr., a 19th century illustrator and printer who created oh the technique in 1879. That makes more sense. I thought this was a Nintendo giving an homage. This is just the artistic like style. Got it. Got it got gotcha. It. That makes sense. That makes sense, Kebabs. Uh, Kebabs also writes in and says uh, the following games are coming to the N64 service: Banjo Kazooie, F Zero X, Kirby 64, Mario Golf, Paper Mario, Pokemon Snap, Snap, and then Majora's Mask. Those are the ones that Nintendo officially announced gotcha. in that direct. So, so the, I must have been talking about uh, the. Actually, no. What the fuck was I talking about? You might have seen the data mine <laughs> this morning and, and just assumed or something. Yeah. Hmm. Wait, so Mario uh, Party's not even on this list? Didn't no. we just say, see somewhere else that Mario Party was in the news story? The, the three Mario Parties, yeah, are coming. But Somebody like, in the chat earlier said no, the ones that were officially announced, and one of them was Mario Party. But whatever, it yeah, no, matter. Mario Party was definitely it was definitely not. Um, but I mean, hey, we're gonna get it out of the way. It was in, it was in that data mine, and so which is um, so excited. interesting to think about with Mario Party superstars coming out in just a couple days that's why that's why I assume we we didn't get Smash or Mario Party officially announced. I think those are probably gonna be. A couple years down yeah it's just interesting because those games but but more than that like those games specific like superstars is just a greatest hits of mario party one two and three yeah so it's like you're gonna have mario party one two and three with online play all right it's cool yeah but like it's the the online play is basically parsec but worse on the nintendo switch online thing where it's not like online play it's like online jank like it, it's you it's you being it's you being framey and like having the lag and having to go through all the bullshit nintendo switch online uh but i do i i, I am looking forward though to like having all the full like games because that comes with like maps and features and all the, all the stuff that they're not going to have in superstars uh and that's probably going to drop still in like 2023 and that's it for your wrong i think yeah that's it for your wrong somebody's writing in about the bixby bixby button which now i say that bixby is going to activate bixby stop uh yeah that's it for you're wrong it's funny because i don't it's one of those things where i don't say the a word on this podcast a l e x a we know because i know i know how many people have those and how how like how the the chaos that'll ensue as soon as i say that name bixby i don't mind because i know that no like there's probably five people listening to this show that is annoyed by how often i'm saying bixby on this episode because everybody everybody's like what the fuck is a Bixby?" also like it's not doing much i mean it's it's gonna turn on you're gonna remember it exists you're gonna turn it off yeah yeah it doesn't kick in and start googling things for you it's no it's no good hey bixby hey alexa hey google hey siri tim no oh no he did it It just it's just activated like three different devices around me hey that's the chaos you need on this wednesday everybody this has been games daily i love you all (laughs) oh yeah tomorrow's host for kind of funny games daily are timothy and tim i don't know why i called you timothy it's a tim tim thursday if you're watching if you're watching this google (laughs) 
<laughs> if you're watching this live on Twitch right now after this, is Mike and Andy playing some more of that Guardians of the Galaxy. If you want to catch that stream later, go ahead and subscribe to YouTube.com slash KindOfFunnyPlays. Remember, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday live right here on Twitch.tv slash KindOfFunnyGames. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of Patreon.com slash KindOfFunnyGames. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, game daily.